You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. At the end of the week, it's Father's Day in the United States, and we wish a happy Father's Day to all of our listeners. We know some of you are brand new fathers, some of you are very experienced fathers, and we hope that you have a great celebration. Now, in celebrating Father's Day, we, of course, want to recognize fathers who might be missing this year, or for those of you who want to become fathers and haven't yet been able to do that, we simply want to acknowledge you and let you know that you're a part of our tribe too. As your hosts of the podcast, it's obvious that none of us have ever been fathers. So we have invited our partners to take over the podcast in honor of Father's Day. That's right. You're not going to see me, Taylor, or Meredith. Listen to Pete, Ralph, and Tommy discuss their experiences in fatherhood. Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to Asking for a Friend with the Talk Doc. You're probably wondering why Meredith's voice sounds so different, because this is her husband, Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) This is a special edition for Father's Day. The husbands are on. We're going to talk about being a father. Meredith and myself are expecting our first. So I want to ask these guys just some questions and, you know, some advice on this, this big journey we're about to go on. So let's introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Rafael Polendo. Uh, friends call me Ralph. I am Taylor's husband, and we have two boys, Leonidas, who's three, and Olympus, who just turned eight months. Yeah, and I'm Pete, and I am Talk Doc's spouse. So if you've been wondering, that's, that's me. Uh, we have three grown children, two boys and a girl. Grateful to be here today and talk about whatever Tommy's going to ask us. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this and appreciate all our lovely wives and the talk doc for letting us take over asking for a friend with the talk doc tonight. So, and happy father's day to everybody out there. Let's just get into the questions. Let's do it. Came here to talk about being a new dad, which um, mm. that's what I'm about to be here in a few weeks. Oh boy. I wanted to start it off kind of on a light note and uh, just ask you guys, if you could tell me a, you know, a funny story that you want to share about being a father and the second part of it is, you know, maybe did you learn something from it? Mm. I'll, I'll jump first uh, just because it's fresh in mind. But so this story is it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now looking back. And there is a moral lesson to it. This was uh, maybe two years ago. Um, our first Leonidas was, I think, just one or so. Still, still small enough to like bounce on my knee. I'm sitting at my computer desk like I am now. Um, and I'm on a Zoom call for work. This is during COVID, so everyone's at home. Everyone's doing, you know, zooming into their work calls. And I have them sitting on my knee, and everyone's commenting, oh, how cute, like, how sweet, you know, this and that. And so the meeting's going on, and one of our partners is presenting, and I'm just holding him there, and he's got this new, like, Batman figurine that my mom gave him that he's kind of playing with. And he's super chill, everything's going great. And then he just, like, stops and looks at the, the screen right ahead and chucks the toy right at my monitor. And I just see it spider web just all across oh, the screen. He just geez. shattered it. Colors change everywhere. And this is like right in the middle of Zoom call. And I just have this like dead expression on my face. Because I'm like, I can't strangle him right now because everyone's watching me. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my like, gosh. Uh, uh, so, was, yeah. it, uh, was it a super expensive uh, MacBook? 
Thankfully, no, no. Thankfully, it was like a Costco monitor, but it was like a nice oh, ultra wide. Still, uh, so I had to go that day, and like the only one that was in stock was over an hour and a half away. And anyway, so the moral of the story is, um, you're going to get to a point where you feel comfortable. Where you're like, oh, I've got this. This is this is easy. I've got it figured out. It's going good. And then here comes the curveball with a with a toy chucked at your screen. That's a good segue into my. All right, bring it. I think that is that is truth there that. Um, just when you think you got everything down, something crazy happens and mm -hmm. you never know when it's going to happen exactly. <laughs> so we had a time when our um, kids were a lot younger than, uh, than they are now, they're grown, where we were scheduled on a weekend, and with three kids you have a busy schedule typically, with seven soccer games. So we went seven? to all of, yep, we went to wow. all of the games, all seven games, and wow. we lost all the games oh you lost all seven oh. lost all seven oh. then, a tough day then yeah. there was one more event our middle child our daughter had a piano recital and we went to that recital when she sat down to the piano and began to play she just abandoned ship that was it <laughs> really <She> walked away <laughs> did she lose there. did she was she one of the seven games that was lost that day she was number she, eight. Zero she, she for said, eight. <laughs> zero for eight that day. Oh and, my and I gosh. would say kind of the lear the lesson learned is just don't take yourself too seriously. Really. <laughs> Things are gonna happen. Gonna, I'm, I'm kind of gathering from you guys uh that patience might be key. Mm, Having patience. That's for sure. And uh yeah. and then Pete, it sounds like yeah, you, you kind of have to, you know, I guess go into things being aware that things can change at any moment. Yeah. Your, your patience will be tested more than it. It's ever so has. true. I mean, really it's, it's with, it seemed like the more kids that we, that as we added to our family, I wanted to have more control, but it was, <laughs> it was increasingly less. It was learning to live with less control. Next question I have for you guys is, what value is most important to you that you try to instill in your kids and how do you mm. do that? Mm. Go, go for it, Pete. All right. So I, you know, it's hard to pin down just one, but the one when I was, you know, prepping for this, that really came to mind was curiosity, mm. instilling a sense of curiosity in our children, because a natural sense of or a developed sense of curiosity leads to so much wonder, exploration, innovation. Mm -hmm. For our kids, that was that was an important value that Talk Doc and I both held really dear. I think it was simply exposing our kids as early as possible to a bigger world. Mm. Um, travel was a big part. What we did when the kids were growing up, so we we tried to do it that way. We read to our children almost relentlessly from the time they were infants, even though they couldn't quite understand what we were saying. <laughs> um, that's just, I think, a value that we held very dear and a little bit of the way that we tried to instill it in our kids. And I think they do have it today. They express it in their unique ways. I like that because it's actually, you know, kind of coming up with some of these questions. Obviously, I'm thinking of what the answers might be. And I'm obviously, you know, a father to be. So that's why we're here talking to you guys, get some insight. But that's one I honestly didn't think of, but that I absolutely love. 
because I think that is so important. I feel like even as a child, it was brought on to me a lot, but I almost feel like, I don't know, and maybe I'm totally wrong. I see in some children today losing that a little bit. And I feel like that's really important to you know bring back and, and, and really instill. Mm-hmm. Good one. How about Very you, Ralph? The one that comes <clears throat> top of mind, uh, I got to give credit to Taylor. I don't know if she heard it in a podcast or read it somewhere or just came up with that on her own. I think she lies awake at night thinking of how she can make our kids better human beings, which I love. I guess you could narrow it down to self-confidence, but I think it's much more than that. It's it's a sense of not relying on externalities to find meaning and identity and self-worth. And a simple way that we've approached it is <clears throat> traditionally kids, you know, we always want to tell them we're proud of them. We're proud of them. And you hear so many adults who never heard that from their parents and how much it affected them. And they're constantly striving to earn people's approval. But what she came up with was first teaching him to say, I'm proud of myself. And then we can then respond saying, I'm proud of you too, joining in that. The other day there was something he did. I forget if it was building a puzzle or um, some accomplishment he had. And and unprovoked, he just ran up to us and shouted, I'm so proud of myself. And we said, we're so proud of you too. You know, we got to join in that, but really helping him to establish this sense that he doesn't need to look for validation outside of himself. And he's not reliant on somewhere else to find the answers that everything he needs is within and having that confidence and that determination that can propel him in different situations and stuff. But it's just a real, a real simple way to start him on that path. And so that's one thing I, I appreciate. I love that. I, I think that's so important just, you know, as we grow older and grow into men and, and have mm-hmm. our own families to know to be proud of ourselves. I, I feel like it even helps you to, you know, work harder, strive mm-hmm. to be better as, as yourself, you know, that you're not trying to prove yeah. it to anyone else. You're exactly actually, I guess, comfortable at looking in the mirror and, you know, just saying, how did I do? You yeah. Know, yeah. Judge yourself. Yeah. Can I live you with know? myself? Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. For sure. Cool. Those are great, guys. Well, let's hey, move Tommy, right I got to break yes. in here because you know Talk Doc is famous for her quizzes. Oh, <laughs> I've got oh. a quiz for you guys. Father's oh my God! Right. Are you serious? Right. Okay. Time for a Father's Day quiz. This is not expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How this works, right? You do listen to the episodes. Yes. All right. <laughs> We're going to start with question number one. In the United States, when was Father's Day first celebrated? 1940, 1920, 1910, or 1930. I'm going with 1940. Uh, I'm going to go with Ralph's, uh, Ralph's going for 1940. I feel like neckties are always the like joke, like yeah. classic joke gift and in sitcoms and stuff. It's like I just pick up a necktie. So all right, necktie. Ralph's yeah, I don't. I don't think that's it. I want to say power tools because that would be cool. But I feel like the most popular, or probably the one most attainable for most people, is probably a card. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say card, especially given 
COVID, I'm guessing people just or like you mailed cards. Down. You said necktie, then you said COVID. Well, I, well you I'm saying I th- the same answer. <laughs> I said I said card first. He did. He did. Speed wins. No, I was just I was just saying that that necktie is like the quintessential, you know, Father's right. Day gift that, that you see. That is the Father's Day gift. Yeah. All right. I'll stick with it. That's fine. I, All I can right. The answer Q-sig. is clothing. Clothing. Forty-six yes. percent yeah. of which wow. a necktie is. <clears throat> Now, well, we'll associate it. So half it, a point. It is. I will give you guys yeah. like clothing is a broad category. <laughs> yeah. That covers a lot <laughs> of territory. Yeah. 46% of territory, I guess. All right. So uh, you're tied. Mm. Okay. <laughs> zero, zero. All right. Question three. How much does the average person spend on Father's Day gifts? Cool. Now, since you're Dang. tied at zero. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the closest answer, ah, which will require it, jujitsu math skills to figure out what your answer. Is it closest without going over, like the price Ooh, is right? Yeah, that's probably fair. Now that the rules are set, yeah. is it is it multiple <laughs> choice or do we just throw out a number? No, it's it's not multiple choice. Okay, it's, it's an open. Oh, end. fill in the blank. Okay. Well, if it's clothing, I'd say um, twenty five dollars. Tommy, Ralph says twenty. I'll go uh, twenty four ninety nine. This guy. (laughs) The good news is Ralph was closer. (laughs) The bad news is you're way off. It's $148.58. That's the average? Yeah. Wow. I'm excited for Father's Day. It's a big big number. It's a big Actually, it's shocking (laughs) to me, honestly. Yeah. That puts Ralph in the winner's seat. So, congratulations. What do I get? Do I get a uh, asking for a friend mug? You to continue this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Not that kicked off. That's the Father's mm-hmm. Day quiz. I hope everybody. I loved it. It, it was cool. awesome. It's, it's really back to you, Tom. I should have. I should have known there was going to be a quiz. Should have done some <laughs> Father's Day research. Darn it. So this is kind of a. I think this is a kind of a big one for new dads actually, and this isn't so much about you know raising your kid and whatnot but you know being a first-time dad do you guys have some advice on just how to comfort support your wife during labor and delivery and i think the the first few days following that are are you know a big fear to new dads of like oh what do i do kind of thing is there any mm-hmm. you know tips sure you're closest uh, you're closest yeah. <laughs> to the birth of that <laughs> i'm probably i'm probably fresher in that a big one for us was the bradley method can't recommend it highly enough, especially if folks don't know by now, our firstborn was an accidental home birth. And so having um, read the Bradley method and prepared with with that in mind, I can't imagine going through that experience without having that background. So highly recommend that if you can get to a class, do it. Otherwise, just read the book and it helps kind of uh, prepare you for the different stages of childbirth and how to coach and be there for your wife. I was just going to say, that's actually one thing that we did do. And I have to agree not doing it yet, but the amount of education you get doing the Bradley class and and reading Mm -hmm. about it and all that is, is pretty amazing. Um, And I guess my question, which I think you were going to answer was, you know, what's something that really sticks out though, that you're like, I did it, this works, (laughs) help a brother out. I feel like we're in sync here. We're just right. So one of the biggest ones is, you know, as we're preparing for this, making sure that we both read and understood the material so that we were on the same page. Because when you're in the middle of labor and things may start going sideways or there's, you know, a lot of intensity and and stuff, you want to make sure that, you know, you have agreed to certain things beforehand. 
So when I'm reminding Taylor, unclench your jaw, breathe, take deep breaths, embrace the contractions, she's not looking at me like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> you know, She's like, it's reminding her, oh, yeah, that's, that's what we wanted to do for this. So I think that was the most surprising thing was even though we went in knowing the material, she's so focused in the moment on what's happening in her body that she does need those gentle reminders of, you know, relax your jaw, breathe, breathe through your nose, deep breaths and stuff like that. So I could tell moments where she was so focused on the pain or what was happening that she was kind of pulling herself out of the zone and then just reminding her would bring her right back into place and then she'd get into a real good space good spot and good rhythm. So that's a big one. Make sure that you're you're close, you're in it, you're whispering in her ear, you're reassuring her of the things that you talked about beforehand and you know the way that you want to approach it because she's going to need help staying focused. There's going to be a lot going on in her body, especially a new experience. So that was that's a huge one for the labor and delivery. Post that as much as you can, do most if not all of the diaper changes just because it gives her a break. As tired as you're going to be <laughs> those first couple of weeks, she's like at least double that tired because she's got the body stuff that she's dealing with on a healing and recovery level. She's got breastfeeding, which drains you of energy as well. She's going to need sleep and recovery. So as much as you can, jump in there, take care of the diapers. It gives her you know, a little break and something that she doesn't have to think about. And then really just be super attentive during the the healing afterwards, whether C-section or natural birth or whatever. There's It's pretty intense what women's bodies go through. And there's going to be a period where she's super fragile, helping her to the bathroom, getting her whatever she needs, reminding her to take it slow, take it easy, let your body rest and recover. For those first couple of weeks, you're just going to have to just handle yeah, as much as you can. Can't think about your own needs at that point. Just help her to get through those first, at least those first couple of weeks. And then once you start getting into that rhythm then then you can tag team a bit more just be prepared love for it. that yeah and lots and lots of caffeine yeah <laughs> perfect i love uh, it i will add a little more uh, on the positive side two things uh skin to skin that was my favorite thing post birth so as much as possible um rip off your shirt put that baby directly on your chest and then just hold her in because there's something i forget exactly what happens on a biological level but something about the baby feeling your heartbeat smelling you doing you know, close in your presence, there's a bonding that happens. It's, it's super important. And it just feels amazing, like just holding this little life close to you. So skin to skin is a big one. And another one is uh, eye contact. So I don't know if you've heard this, but there's been studies done where when babies are looking at you and maintaining eye contact, it's actually helping them form neural pathways in their brain. It, hold that gaze as long as possible. Like stay focused, stay in the moment, look them in the face, smile. If you see them lock eyes with you, just hang there because there's magic happening there that we still don't fully understand, but it's helping their brain development and, and things like that. Um, those are two like awesome magical things about the infant stage along with the exhaustion and diaper changes and all that. That's really cool because I've heard about the skin to skin and I'm planning on that and I've been reading about it and stuff. The eye contact um, I really haven't heard about, but it makes sense. And that's, that's really good advice. So thank you for that. Appreciate you. Yeah. Both of you guys, this is good stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling stronger already. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so this is a question uh, just for Pete, just real quick as a dad with a daughter, is there any special words of wisdom advice you got since um, Yeah, that's what we're going to be having? I'm so thrilled looking back that we have a daughter. We have two sons and a daughter. And I would say my advice is uppy snuggles. Let me explain what I mean. <laughs> what does that mean? 
When our daughter was little and I was coming home from work or wake or in the morning or really any time she wanted to be comforted or reassured, she would look up at me and say, uppy snuggles, daddy, uppy snuggles. And what that meant is I pick her up and hold her close. And tenderness is really important. Our daughter wanted to know that I loved her and would protect her. And it was really about the time I spent with her. And it wasn't so much about what we did together. It was the time together. And I remember when she was little, I would come home from work and I had a bike. I don't remember what kind of bike it was, but it had a child seat on the back of it. I don't know if they have these anymore, but Mm -hmm. I strapped the child seat on. She could go in the seat behind me and we would go off to the park and she would play in the playground and I would play with her. It didn't matter so much what the activity was, it's that we were together. Ralph mentioned earlier, and he was kind of coming at it more from a a data perspective or scientific perspective about eye contact and making sure that we stop what we're doing and really look at this. This is more generally my observations about having children than it is about daughters, but they really just want to know they're loved for who they are, never for what they do. That's that's good. Alluded to this as well. That's my thought about daughters. You will have a wonderful adventure process. I'm excited. I honestly, um, I'm excited to be, uh, you know, a girl dad. You know, it's it, and uh, I think she's going to be. She, I know it. She's going to be awesome, and yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, So, for both of you guys, what are you most proud of in your role as a dad? I'm going to give a a joke answer and the real answer. Uh, My joke answer is that I've already passed on my dad joke level of humor. The other day, Leo started telling me a joke and he said, knock, knock. I said, who's there? And he said, birds are here eating my house. And it's because he heard a woodpecker outside, like pecking on the house. (laughs) I was like, that joke works on so many levels. I'm so impressed. (laughs) It blew me away that he invented his own knock, knock joke. And it was was actually pretty good. But I think it's tough to say, you know, what am I most proud of? I don't know that I've stopped to reflect on what has brought me pride. I'm still in a stage where I'm just experiencing the joy of being a dad. You know, I, like you, Tommy, we're, you know, we're reaching fatherhood later in life. I grew up with young parents. My my dad was 20, I think, when I was born. My mom was 21 or 22. And so growing up with young parents, I always wanted to be a young parent. And it's just not how life worked out. It wasn't until you know, I was well into my 30s that started having kids. And so I think I'm just still in the kind of awe stage of like, this is where I'm at now. This is what I've wanted for a while. And it's, I'm finally here and just trying to absorb it all and just feel super blessed that I get to experience it. I'm sure, you know, as, as they grow and develop and, you know, I start seeing their personalities more and start seeing uniquely the ways that we have shaped or molded or helped guide them to grow up to be young men. I think that's probably a bit more where the that sense of pride will kick in because I'll, I'll be able to see where our efforts, you know, what was come out of that. At this point, they're still super young. And right now we're in the three-year-old stage with Leo and everything feels like a failure. So it's... <laughs> It's tough. It makes sense um, though what you're saying. Yeah. So I think I think I'm still just in that, okay, this is happening type of phase. And uh, I'm sure in time I'll be able to f- reflect back and and see wh- when the pride kicks in, but I don't think I'm there yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Pete, anything? Yeah. So a little bit more from the perspective of our now grown kids, despite all that I got wrong, this is what I'm really proud of. I got enough right that they enjoy spending time with me and occasionally even seeking out my point of view. 
Mm. So that's very gratifying because it's hard to know how it's going to turn out. Here, of course, they're independent and they have their own lives. But when they're around, like I can tell that they, it's not like a chore to hang out. Yeah. So. I think that's huge. And I mean, I feel that I'm, I feel very fortunate that um, I have a really good relationship with my father and I look forward to actually hanging out with him now that I'm a grown man about mm. to have my first child. It's, it's interesting listening to you both coming from different, obviously times, Ralph, you're still kind of a newer dad and Pete, you have kids that are grown now. It's interesting just hearing where you both are at. And I think it's, it's all good. I think I'm going to be soon with you, Ralph, not knowing what I'm really <laughs> proud of yet, as long as I'm, you know, keeping her alive and helping uh-huh. her grow and develop. Yep. And, One you know, I think, I think Pete, what you're saying is what I, what I hope to get to someday is, you know, older and they want to come hang out with me. <laughs> I know everybody says it. It's so true. It goes by so fast. Mm. It doesn't seem like it when you're in the middle of it sometimes because mm, yeah. you have seven soccer games and then a piano recital <laughs> zero for eight. It was a lot. It's not in one day. Yeah. It, and then you blink and you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Somebody's 13. Somebody's graduating from high school. And so I know you know, so I guess I had to say it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think it's just a good reminder, Pete. It's, it's, and you guys have said it a few times throughout tonight. And it's, it's really just, you know, taking the moment, be present, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Just be present because yeah. it's going to go by fast. I know that I'm getting older and I feel that just my life's going by faster. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a funny how wow. that the older you get, the faster life. Oh, man. It's like, no, it's, it's really moving. Of course, so it's just perception, yeah. but yeah. We'll just wrap this up. I just had one last question and, and, and this is just maybe you have a book or something to recommend, but is there a dad or father figure that you admire and why? You want to go first on this one? Sure. I'm not sure mine will be inspirational or not, but I, (laughs) it doesn't have to be, it could could be your neighbor. It doesn't matter. Two, two father figures come to mind. Marlon from finding Nemo. Hmm. Nice. Good one. Because he kind of went, I was going to say the ends of the earth, but I guess the Mm. ends of the sea in his case, making sure that I didn't think I'd get emotional about this, but Mm. making sure that your kids always have a home. Mm. I like that. The the second one that I thought of is George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. I know that's an old school movie. That movie is all about second chances. I think for ourselves, for our kids, and I think it's really important as a dad to make sure that your kids always know they have a do-over. Mm. Anyway, those are my two. Those um, are great. Those are great. Yeah. Off to you, Ralph. Mine is kind of more of a segue off the last question, but uh, my own dad. I know a lot of folks out there either had absent fathers or terrible experiences with their fathers. And so I just want to acknowledge that fact that I, right. you know, I realized how fortunate I am to have a father that I just adore. He was um, phenomenal. He is. He's still. <laughs> he's still around. <laughs> Sorry, pops. Uh, he's phenomenal, and it's been fun seeing him as a grandpa. But I'm just so grateful to have had him as a dad for the lessons he's instilled in me, for the way he's embodied just incredible principles, joy and warmth. If anyone's ever met him in person. Uh, the first thing they say is like, is this guy for real? Like, is is he really that nice and joyful and just huge bear hugs? And I can't say enough about him. Yeah, he's the the bar just trying to, like you said, Pete, you take the best of what, what you're given and what you've experienced. And as much as you can, you try and improve upon it. But just grateful for the example that I had in him. And both my grandfathers were just incredible men and 
obviously everyone has their flaws, but just feel extremely fortunate for the legacy that's been handed down to me and then to try and instill that into Leonidas and Olympus as well. Wow. You guys are making me feel all emotional. (laughs) 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 That's those were really amazing answers. And um, that's all I have. This is the start of a new and beautiful and incredible, amazing, not enough words to explain it, but Mm -hmm. journey, you know? And uh, I appreciate you guys answering some questions. I'm excited to be a new dad. And for all the new dads out there, keep asking questions, you know, Mm -hmm. keep asking questions and learning and growing. And all we can do is, is do the best we can. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.